Welcome to the Secret Life of Cookies, where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog, Bosco. Hello and welcome. You know, us humans often use January as a time to reset, to dust off our running shoes and barbells, and finally clean the linen closet. Today's guest has written a book that could help a lot of us reset our personal and professional lives. My guest, Marjorie Ingle, has written a book with Susan McCarthy called Sorry, 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 and it is a brilliant and funny guide on how to apologize effectively. So gather your favorite family members, corporations, politicians, you know they all need to apologize and make sure they give a listen. Hello and welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies. My guest today is Marjorie Ingle, not Ingles. She is not related to Laura Ingalls, even though I think of her that way in a wholesome, no, upstanding and, and fact. Once somebody, <laughs> and once I went to a restaurant and this, the, the maitre d' was like the writer, and I'm like, yes, and they gave me this great seat, and then they came over and they poured me water and they said, um, excuse me, we all really love Little House on the Prairie. So, yeah, not Laura Ingalls Wilder. Dead. Dead. Oh. Many years dead. <laughs> Sorry about that. Cat, human. Wait, the cat was calling you on your phone? No, the cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, so anyway I, have, sorry. I have Marjorie Ingle here. And Marjorie and her co-writer and friend, Susan McCarthy, have written a brilliant book. A book that I think it was is so needed for January. I wanted you part of my January cleanse sort of themes <laughs> here. I couldn't cleanse out the House of Representatives, so I think I must oh, cleanse from within. Thank you for trying. <laughs> yeah. Doing what I can. So you have written a book called I have. Sorry, Sorry, Sorry. And what is that book going to do for me, Ms. Ingle? Okay, so first, my co-author on the book is Ms. Susan McCarthy, who lives in San Francisco, and I'm in New York. And this book will help teach you to apologize well and show you how gratifying it can be to apologize well. It can help you recognize a crappy apology when someone gives it to you and how you can elicit a better apology from them. It can help you understand why expecting corporations, celebrities, politicians, police forces mm. to apologize well is going to be disappointing and it can talk about it can help you teach kids to apologize well and it really hopes that human beings will apologize better to each other and accept apologies better when they are deserving of being accepted because um i think living in a capitalist world we can't really expect our institutions to be as good as we want them to be but we can be good it's that was funny. a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's it. It's a it big is, topic. It's a big topic, and you guys handle it so well, clearly, chapter by chapter, with helpful hints at the end. A great, like, sort of way to remind ourselves what the whole chapter was about and what we right, can do. We did come from magazines. So, yes. <laughs> there are lists at the end of every chapter. I remember magazines. <laughs> and I, um, I feel like we are in a time when. I can't really say that I know a lot of people who really know how to apologize anymore. And you, uh, 
and you did too, it seems. I mean, I'm kind of placing this one in your lap, but you also started a website called Sorry Watch because you must have had feelings similar to mine. Yeah. So Susan had written an article for Salon in like the 90s about apologies that she was really struck with how people, how it really resonated with people and people just kept talking about it. And I write, I was writing about apologies, both because I was the child, I was writing about parenting a lot. And I was the mother of a child who spent all of pre-K in what they called the consequences chair. (laughs) And um, so I was constantly apologizing for this child who was feral. And (laughs) I also was writing for Jewish publications. And every year you think about apologies at the high holidays and the rules about apologizing you can't just apologize to God. You have to apologize to other people when you wrong them. So all of that was resonant. And Susan asked if we wanted to do Sorry Watch, the Watchdog Apology site together. And we did in 2012. And then who knew that in 2016, someone would be elected who made it part of his. Yeah. So I think that did trigger renewed interest in apology. And I think as social media grew, People were exposed to more terrible apologies and were able to eviscerate them publicly. So, yeah, so there was interest. And we had not planned on doing a book. And looking at research on apology and seeing how much good and bad research was out there, we really wanted, we thought that we could do some good as journalists and look at the research and also look at the human beings and their relationships. Yeah, I have um, a lot of questions about that because I think one of the great, I mean, about apologies and how to comport oneself properly with an apology. Also, that's one of the great things about this book too. I mean, everything about the book is great, but the fact that you back it up with actual research and science. Yeah. So I was really interested in the brain science and Susan is really interested in history and governments. And so the combination of the two, you know, um, it seemed to divide itself really the chapters seem to divide themselves really neatly about, you know, how to make a good, you know, what's in a good apology, what's in a bad apology, why governments apologize so poorly, why institutions mm. apologize poorly. Yeah, it just it all it's a really rich subject. It's a really rich subject. Also, speaking of rich, hey, how's that for a segue? Nice. You know, <laughs> thanks. Like you were in television once. <laughs> once. <laughs> Just full disclosure, Marjorie and I both did work at Oxygen, a television network for women, before it became a real television <laughs> network for women, which is that it's all about true crime now. Um, what? Could- <laughs> yeah, it was supposed. Do you remember the tagline when it launched was supposed to be a revolution led by women and girls? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. that happened. <laughs> I didn't. That 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 wasn't my tagline. Let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, now it's a revolution led by DAs. And murderers. <laughs> I would like to um, segue quickly to what we are baking here while we are talking yes. about apologies. This man is a cookie you won't have to apologize for. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, here all night. Exactly. Try the oatmeal cookies. And we're doing a little bit of a spin on the like, grubby oatmeal cookie that most people eat. This is a much more glamorous oatmeal cookie and an oatmeal cookie you don't have to apologize for. I mean that seriously, because I think a lot of people see the oatmeal cookie as the sad cousin of chocolate chip cookies. I know my brother for one is like, it's a great cookie. Just take the oatmeal out of it and leave the chocolate chips. 
Um, I also believe all oatmeal cookies should have chocolate chips, but I have a little problem with that. This cookie is slightly different. It was inspired by your brilliant thoughts, which were, I love dark chocolate. I mean, I love dark, I love chocolate and I love dried cherries. And so we're adding that to this mixture along with some amendments that are spices and orange zest. So it becomes a very glamorous little cookie, I must say. Um, so uh, I'm excited because this seems like it's a sort of healthy-ish cookie. I just tried making those three and be three ingredient peanut butter, butter cookies that everybody was making, and it's like, why did I do that? Why didn't I just eat an apple with peanut butter? Exactly. So make it make a good cookie. We're gonna make a good cookie, and we're making an easy cookie because we're using melted butter, so you can do it all by hand, just like grandma, which adds so much wholesomeness to the whole event. Mm. Um, and it makes it really easy. And it also means that you can do a podcast and not have a KitchenAid <laughs> whirring in the background. Also, nice. and most importantly, why we're using melted butter, I really want a chewy cookie. And you can't really whip that much air into melted butter. So you don't get the loftiness that you might get in a fluffier cookie. I want this one to yeah. be a little dense, fudgy. And the day after you bake it, I want it still to be chewy. And that's why I add a whole bunch of honey to it and also wholesome honey bees make it their bees are good (laughs) so if you want to start mixing it up you have melted butter in front of you add the sugar add the honey and add the orange zest and then i would like to really get chatting um before we go there yep sorry i I want to launch it right in yep launch right in and i want to give you a little tip about pouring honey if you don't know it which is in my glass measuring cup, I have spread a little bit of vegetable oil all around the (gasps) cup. And so then you spread the vegetable oil around and then you pour the honey in and then the honey almost perfectly slides right out again. Oh my God. So it's not like I've just poured all the honey into the mixer, into the measuring cup. Yeah. <laughs> so it's too late for me, but it's not too late for your listeners. And it's, it'll be uh, an assistant for my future cookie endeavors. Your future self. Um, yeah. Let us, uh, before we get into how to properly apologize, I want to talk about my pet peeve, which is the improper apology. It's the, oh, I regret, or the, um, Sorry you feel that way. Nothing makes me angrier when someone is trying to apologize than the, oh, sorry that made you feel that way. No. Yeah. No, that's not the point of it. Why does that bother me so much? uh, It should bother you. You are entitled to be bothered. Um, Okay, wait. So I am whisking. I'm combining melted butter, brown sugar, orange zest, and honey. And honey. Um. So there's no white flour, white sugar in this. Right? There's no white sugar in this. No. Why do we make this choice? We make this choice because white sugar tends to make things crunchy. <gasps> we have the brown sugar has molasses in it. Brown sugar is really like white ah. sugar. Mala- molasses added. But so the, all those things add flavor and chewiness. Okay. Yeah. Sorry I interrupted my own selling of my book. To <laughs> Did learn. you just? I'm excited to have. An actual culinary person explained to me, I'm going to take every advantage of this. <laughs> cool. Okay. So you hate, sorry if, sorry but, sorry you. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I apologize. I regret. 
which is about how the speaker feels and not how the listener feels. We don't give a crap how you feel. You know, like if you're apologizing, make it about, if you're apologizing to me, make it about me. Don't make it about you and how horrible you are and how you should die in a fire and all these horrible things that people say that are just bad. Don't talk about context. Don't say, I don't know, I've already apologized and all these things are terrible and they make you angry because they don't take responsibility. Right. And they're not really apologizing to me. I think that's the real problem. No, when you apologize for how I feel, you're saying that I'm the flawed one. And no, there are reasons why it's so hard when you like, we want to be sympathetic because we all recognize a terrible apology when we hear one, even if we can't necessarily articulate why it's so terrible. But when we're on the, when we're the ones on the block, all of a sudden your brain kicks in and you apologize as poorly as the person who you want to criticize for apologizing poorly, sadly, even if you think you won't do it, you will. Unless you read the book and are careful. Right. But when somebody talks to me that way, someone apologizes to me that way, it makes me angrier and I push back on them and I say, that's not an apology. Is that okay to do? Yes. It's good that you're doing that because how I think it's also in good faith to assume that the other person is able to learn. The fact that you're engaging with them and trying to make them apologize better Mm -hmm. actually shows that you're valuing the relationship. And I think if somebody calls us on the carpet and says, I appreciate that that was hard to do, but here's why that apology didn't satisfy me. I think that's that's a really great, I think apologizing well is a brave act and teaching someone else to apologize better is a brave act and people should be applauded for that. If I have a bad run-in at a doctor's office, say, where someone is very rude to me, <laughs> just just saying. Just saying that has never just happened saying, Never happened yeah. to me. Or um, there's been some sort of transgression with some sort of corporate entity that I'm dealing with. And I get that sort sort of half-assed apology from them. It enrages me even more because I know that I feel like I can't then say, no, that's not an apology. You guys really need to apologize. Is that true? I mean, can I push back against the higher forces, the ones that control me, the man? (laughs) The man? Um, I have done that. It frequently is not satisfying. I had a doctor once keep me waiting for literally three hours and then refused to apologize, even as I kept sort of pushing her to do it. And then I wrote to her, I wrote to the hospital, and it did not lead to satisfaction. But a medical, the medical establishment is a really interesting example because there are there is so much research showing that failure to apologize well. Failure to take responsibility is a thing that makes patients who have been victims of bad medical outcomes or malpractice, it makes them vindictive. And if people imagine, right? So if they, <laughs> and there are other countries where the, there is a formula for we apologize, we explain what we're doing to make sure this doesn't happen again, and they offer a settlement, uh, a small settlement during that conversation. And guess what? That makes people not want to sue as much because what people want is to be heard. And and what people want is the apology that says, I did a bad thing. Here's how I'm going to fix it. And here's how I'm not, I'm going to make sure that I don't harm someone else. And um, we, but we have the lawyers and we have the absolute insistence. You can show doctors 
the research and they will still say, yeah, but you, you can say, I regret that that happened. Or you can say, I'm sorry that you're in pain. And no, now I just want to sue you. <laughs> That's what I want. Right. Um, and- but there was a, a beautiful report by the Harvard hospital system in Massachusetts showing how a good apology culture in medicine would work. And, um, oh, there's a man on your roof behind you. Okay, I'll look. <laughs> he, he just went, I'm not, I'm not gaslighting you, Marissa. He was there a second ago. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, They're really, oh, just so, so you know. I, sorry, from, I'm distracted by the fact that this is about to become a true crime episode. <laughs> just in case anybody's worried, my neighbors appear to have their gutters being worked on. Oh, okay. Everything is going to be okay, including my neighbor's gutters. I'm, I'm at the stage of these cookies where I'm going to be adding the two eggs. When you are mixing together your butter and your sugar and your orange zest and then your eggs, you really want to make sure that your butter, that it emulsifies basically with your sugar. It has to be blended. You don't want like that butter sort of splashing around the edge and the sugar. Yeah. And you have to keep beating it with a wooden spoon. I think many of us aren't used to cooking with a wooden spoon anymore and it takes a little more sort of going. I'm adding my eggs. Shoot, I was you using a, you. I'm using a spatula. Should I switch to a no, wooden spoon? No, whatever I works for you. Okay. Okay. Whatever works. I use a spatula too. Yay. Some Thank sort you. of a small or like object. Um so that's all well and good but corporations seem to forever not get the message, nor do well, our friends, the politicians. But let me ask you first, like you, you give some fantastic, egregious examples of corporations really not getting it, like United Airlines. Oh, that was, that may be, that's going to go down in history as one of the worst corporate apologies of all time. Can um, you, you remind those first. of us who have had other things? Yes. Go on. <laughs> going on in 2017. Um, so United Airlines overbooked a flight, wanted seats for personnel, to, and uh, asked for volunteers, did not get them, and chose an elderly man named Dr. James Dow and forcibly removed him from the flight. And we all saw the footage of this old man being dragged by cops down the middle aisle of the airplane screaming, his glasses askew, blood all over his face. And United had to apologize probably four or five times before getting it right. Because first it was like they apologized for the overbooking situation. Mm. Then they apologized for the unruly passenger who was obstreperous with the cops. And finally, I forgive them. If United actually used the word obstreperous, I'd probably forgive them. But you're probably right. right. I'm I'm paraphrasing now. Um, Okay. So wait. So I just added the. um, I added my eggs. Great. I'm doing. I'm stirring. And you're stirring. Stirring like a wild woman. Yeah. So how do you do this all the time? Talk about books and cook at the same time. This is very challenging. My brain doesn't work this way. Oh, um, your brain doesn't work this you. way. You're somebody's um, parent. You can do all this. <laughs> yeah, but who really pays attention to children? Uh, <laughs> or who really, what, what <laughs> kids really pay attention to their parents? Okay, there you go. And actually, you know, it's sort of the ADHD in me that allows me to do it. And I mean, it. I'm not like yeah. being flippant about ADHD. I really do have it. And it, it keeps keeps my hands busy, helps me focus. Excellent. <laughs> okay, so I, I discovered vanilla bean paste which I know oh. I'm late to this world, but oh my God, it's so good with the little pieces in it. 
It's so good. It's a little fancy for a cookie, but you do you. It's all I have at this if you, moment in Just time. throw it around. Just throw it around like money is no yeah, object to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So how much of this do I want? A, a teaspoon. teaspoon. Anyway, vanilla right now. I feel bad every time I use vanilla like a drunken sailor in my recipes because I love vanilla so much, but it costs oh, me too. almost as much it's as eggs, so- you know? I actually asked for vanilla uh, paste for my birthday. Uh, I think I will do the same. And a happy belated birthday. Your birthday was yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Which is also a little bit why I am slightly half-assed in the kitchen (laughs) as I am hungover. (laughs) Okay. See, honesty, folks. Honesty is the best policy. Honesty. Yes. What were we talking about? You, you, you were talking we, about apologies. We were talking about something about apologies, and I like that you didn't apologize for not um, remembering what we were talking about because it's a topic we'll get on a little bit later. But women apologize too much. Um, we were talking about corporate apologies and why they will never ever oh, satisfy yes. the, the united the united apology. The thing is, uh, we were all we were all so angry at United after that, but. Those of us who have United frequent flyer miles, those of us who need to travel to hubs, since we mostly have a hub-based system of flights here, I think corporations in general know that, hey, yay, capitalism, they can apologize, but really what they owe is their shareholders, not the public. And there really tend not to be humongous consequences for corporations for not apologizing well. Yes, you don't want to lose consumers, but, you know, People tend to go for what the best bargain is and they forget. Like, so there was a great apology from JetBlue when they had actually a few years ago what happened to Southwest during the holiday season of just the, this perfect storm of <laughs> literally perfect storm of <laughs> terrible weather and then sandwiching, collapsing, dominoing flight closures. And JetBlue apologized beautifully and took out a full page ad in newspapers and explained what they were going to do to make sure this didn't happen again. Southwest really can't do that because apparently their technology is antiquated and they don't have the kind of hub system that other people, that other airlines have. But then again, Southwest also has the lar- the greatest amount of customer consumer satisfaction among regular people, people who aren't really frequent business travelers, right. just vacation travelers. When you're just like lining up there, they're very nice. They have there it's of it's when it works it's great so i i feel like looking to institutions for good apologies is likely to disappoint whereas looking to our fellow human beings can be really gratifying like we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of a great apology from a friend or relative and often we know what a relief it can be to apologize well and have that accepted is it okay like what if something's been gnawing at me for a while? And I, by a while, I mean a couple of years, five years, 10 years. And can, is it too late to reach out and apologize? It's never too late. What you still have to think about is, does the other person want to hear from me? How badly did I burn this bridge? And uh, often it's best to reach out via email or via, via an actual, if you really mean it, an actual letter on nice creamy stationery. Nobody gets those. That's really exciting. And yeah. it shows how serious you were if you went and you like found a stamp. Um, (laughs) But sometimes particularly people, not particularly, but people in recovery often 
uh, as part of their doing reparations, reach out to people they harmed in the past without really thinking about what that will mean to the other person. And you never want somebody to feel blindsided by you approaching them. Um, so if you want to apologize and you've really thought about your culpability and you're thinking you're putting the other person's peace of mind at the top of your list rather than your own, yes, reach out. But then if they don't write back to you, accept that. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Sometimes we have to, one thing that we don't love and we don't love to teach our children um, is sitting with discomfort and sitting with being the bad guy in a story. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to do that. That's a really good reminder for all of us because it's hard enough to say you're sorry if you then screw up the courage and think that you're saying you're sorry and the person is still yeah. unhappy with you. That's, yeah. that's a lot and to like, have to look, accept, I have to say. And, yeah. Um, and an ap- apologies are not a panacea. Apologize, apologies don't re- erase what happened. You know, we have a piece on, on Sorry Watch about the art of kintsugi, the um, uh, Japanese art of mending things with like a gold thread. And you see the seams, you see the cracks, but you've made something else that's even perhaps more beautiful. You can't, and there are things that, apologies don't fix things that are unfixable, Mm -hmm. Um, but they can make something that is fractured, um, but salvageable, they can make it stronger and better and more beautiful. Yeah, wow, I just so, went po- poetic there. Sorry. I like it. Um, I think also if you, if no one knows the art of, if you don't, aren't familiar with the art of Kintsuki, um, it really is an important, it, it's a great thing to learn about because they repair, I'm getting some chocolate chips. They repair. Oh, I was hoping you were getting some Kintsuki pottery. <laughs> yes. Let me get some, some I've made it. Let home. me get my, <laughs> I keep my sugar in this <laughs> Kintsuki pottery jar. Though I do, yeah, I do have something I could work with. The examples you guys give are brilliant and hilarious. Um, it shows your brilliance as as writers. Like so when you're talking about celebrity um, apologies and you're like, if you're a celebrity and you're caught licking the donuts in a display case of a bakery, oh what God, should you nobody do? Seems to, nobody, but that's another problem, right? Is nobody has any memory, but Ariana Grande licking the donuts in a bakery and then when called on it caught on security camera because the the donut guy was in the back and so she and her friends just licked things and then she said when called on it that it was a that she really just wanted to call attention to the problem of american obesity (laughs) nice yeah thank you thank you ariana that was your you're a hero you're very brave so yeah that That, wasn't great (laughs) no that that wasn't great and and then there's like the the really harmful celebrity apologies. Lance Armstrong, who denied doping for so many years, and then when he fu- and sued people, destroyed fellow destroyed teammates' lives, and when he apologized, finally took really said everybody was doing it, which is never you know I think we teach that to kids that is not how you apologize. Everybody else is doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, no reporter. Had like the, I don't apologize. Yeah, <laughs> no reporter Sorry, had ahead. the had the the guts to say uh, to him, "Yeah, well, if all your cyclists um, cycled off a cliff, would you cycle with them?" <laughs> Which is, you should have been on that story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bad. Um, Bad. <laughs> um, 
this brings me to the, the subject of bad apologies and people who are in the limelight brings me to a popular topic in the TV today and journal and uh, culture, which is the topic of the so-called apology by our friends, politi- the politicians. Off the top of my head, yeah. I, I have a few that I'd like to talk about in depth. Um, the first one being Donald Trump, who annoyed us and annoys us and continues to annoy us and anger us, enrage us for a lot of the stuff, for all of the stuff that he does. But I think one of the things that even makes it worse is his inability to properly apologize. He made it when he was still running. He said on Jimmy Kimmel, or no, the other Jimmy. Uh, what's the other Jimmy? Fallon? Uh, Grandma, Fallon. it's Fallon. He Jimmy on, Fallon. Yeah. <laughs> he said on Jimmy Fallon, um, I think apologies are a great thing, but you have to be wrong. And if I'm ever wrong, I'll apologize. And people, and you know, yeah, then he went on to not apologize for four years and more. So there are people who think apologies are a sign of weakness. Uh, apologies are, you know, lily livered and unmanly. And uh, we would counter that um, it's actually really easy not to apologize if you don't care about other people's feelings. But if you want to live in a world where redemption is possible, a world where people can be, I hate the word authentic, but I can't think of a better word right now, but can be genuine with each other, then apologies are are an essential part of that world. (laughs) <laughs> Great to know lots of words, because then if you can't pronounce some of them, you can use a different one. Right. <laughs> Me, writer. <laughs> it's right here in the podcast where we switch to member-only content. I mean it when I apologize and say I'm sorry that the entire podcast cannot be free. But in order to keep the lights on and the podcasts producing, the following content has to be free for paid members of the Deep State Radio Network only. You can go to the Deep State Radio homepage and sign up right there, and then all of it will be available to you. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to Marjorie Ingle for being my guest today. Be sure to get a copy of our book, Sorry, 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 and check out sorrywatch.com. For today's recipe, subscribe to my substack at marissarothkopf.substack.com. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast, too, as the next few weeks of guests promise to be corkers. I tell you, thanks a lot.